Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today's episode is an update to one of our earliest podcasts about targeting. We've gotten a little better at podcasting over the past couple years, I, I think anyway. The sound quality and general flow of the early podcast really made me cringe, so we decided to go back, update the information a little bit, and re-record some of the fundamental topics that we shared in the early podcasts. This is also good for new listeners who don't have the time to go back to the beginning and listen to some of these fundamental concepts. So let's get started with our update to Targeting 101. Today's topic is something that is near and dear to your heart, Kevin. It is. It's targeting. Targeting is probably the most important thing that people will figure out in the federal market because you have to choose to do it. Let's agree out of the gate here that there's enough competition in the government market and there's enough opportunity. There, There is more stuff than you could ever chase. So if you embrace the concept of abundance and you realize there's always another opportunity, it's what you walk away from that makes you most successful, not just what you chase. And this seems like a very industry-centric topic. We're talking about targeting new work. There's actually a lot that the government can learn from targeting as well, and we will cover that in just a minute. But first, let's stop and say thanks. I want to say thanks to Ann Sparatos from Apex Language Solutions and Chris Larkin from ITA International Both of them are liking and sharing our content on LinkedIn, and the more people do that, the easier it is for others to find, which means we're reaching more people. So thanks for that. Thanks, Ann, and thanks, Chris. All right, let's talk about the basics of targeting and what makes up your ideal target market. There are three pieces to the puzzle that we're going to talk about today, the reachable market, your target market, and your weight class. And if you imagine those as three circles that are intersecting, the sweet spot to be is right in that tiny space where your reachable market, your target market, and your weight class intersect. Let's start by talking about reachable market. What is your reachable market, Kevin? It's everything you could do within your company. So let's, in the government term, under your, your NAICS code, the North American Industrial Classification System, let's say you type into USA Spending Software Development. You're going to find lots and lots and lots of opportunity, and it's a big distraction. That's everybody you could reach. It's every agency, every opportunity, every type of contract, every small business set aside, every, every full and open competition, all of it. That is everything you could do. Imagine you make toothbrushes. Your reachable market is everybody on the planet that has teeth. It's <laughs> a lot of people. Right? That's and if you really want to stretch it, maybe it's dogs too because I know <laughs> people brush their dog's teeth now, right? So it, it there's there's a huge market for toothbrushes and you can even expand that too. Maybe people want to clean the grout between their tiles. You could use a toothbrush for that. Point is, your reachable market could be massive, but maybe not realistic. And it's very easy to chase all those different opportunities, and that's where targeting starts, is deciding not to chase everything. So how do you find your, your reachable market in the government world, Kevin? Well, the good news is there's a website that's free called usaspending.gov. And if you go to the website and type in your NAICS code, you will find an enormous number. So let's say that you type in small business contracts 
for uh, IT, for information technology, or whatever industry you're in. And it's going to give you an enormous number, probably like a nine digit, or in some cases, 10 digit number. You're going to see all of the contracts have been awarded for the dollar values, the type of contracts. That's your reachable market. That's everything you could do. The reason it's important to look at USA spending is that's actual government dollars spent. That's what they actually spent money on. Right. So you, this is evidence of here's where the money has gone, not where you think it might go. Here's where it might have gone. And if that's what you sell, that's your reachable market. If you could have had all of those contracts. And the problem with that is that now you're looking at thousands of contracts worth hundreds of billions of dollars, and you're just going to stroke out trying to keep track of all of it. <laughs> Before anybody strokes out, let's use a real-life example. What, let's use your company, Kevin. Let's use Skyway as an example here. What's Skyway's reachable market? So we're a consulting firm that helps government contractors navigate the federal space. Well, that means anybody who's registered to be a government contractor, which is anybody who's in the system for award management, which is an estimated half a million companies, that is our, in air quotes, reachable market. It's a half a million companies. So that brings us to the next step. We understand reachable market. It's also called addressable market by some people. Fancy word. That's an aside. <laughs> to narrow it down, you need to understand your target market. So what is your target market? Well, this is the stuff you can win. Not that you can do, but you can actually win. So this is where you start to take advantage of whatever your competitive advantage is. So for example, that might be an 8A contract. It's a small business set-aside contract. It's a geographical area. Like if you're in Oklahoma, and you're only targeting opportunities that are at the military bases in Oklahoma, that's an advantage for you because you're there. See, now you're starting to neck down whether or not you're, they fit your past performance, the kind of work that you've actually done that you have prime past performance in. Now you start looking at the advantages you have. In the usaspending.gov site, you can search by a lot of these characteristics down to the congressional district if you want. I mean, that's how in, down to the Nats eyelash you can get with these. And you'll be able to see here is a target market for our competitive advantages. So let's talk about Skyway's target market. How do you narrow down Skyway's target market? One thing to keep in mind is companies can help anybody. But the question is, who are you actively targeting? For Skyway, we can help anybody. But what do we spend our resources and time targeting? So we do that based on who is the most receptive to the kind of support we provide. What we found is companies who already have a government contract are more receptive to understanding the value of the CEO's perspective. So there's lots of companies that are looking to get their first contract. You could certainly help them with that, but you're a better fit for companies that already have a government contract and would like to grow that contract or gain more contracts. We don't market to or spend our time or effort focusing on companies who don't have contracts yet. In fact, when they call us, we send them to all the free resources that are out there because we know that they're more receptive if they already have a government contract. The second factor for Skyway's targeting is companies who are CO podcast listeners. Because what we found is that these are people who are trying to learn from the CO's perspective, and that's what we do. So what we do and what they need is a perfect match. That's what really good targeting looks like. So back to the half a million companies, the 500,000 companies that are registered in System for Award Management that was our reachable market, these two factors, they already have a government contract and they're a CEO podcast listener, shrinks that number significantly, probably to something around 10,000 companies, which is still a huge number. So we've gone from every company in the world that does everything down to the reachable market of 
companies that are interested in government business and shrunk that farther down to the target market that are companies that are the best match for the services that your company provides. And that gets us down to a number that's still too big to possibly try to earn business from all of those those companies. And as a government contractor, it's the same process. Is which agencies of all the government agencies you could support, what's your process to shrink it down to only 500 opportunities? Not only which agency, but which division and which office and down to which of the acquisitions that that office is actually pursuing at the time, right? That gets you down to that very, very focused effort. There you go. Which brings us to the last factor in targeting, your weight class. Even if you nail the other two, if you get the reachable market and your target market right, and you've got it narrowed down, you can still screw this up if you're trying to box out of your weight class. So what is your weight class, Kevin? The weight class is the right size opportunity that you can afford to win or lose without derailing your company. The really important thing you just said is what can you afford to win or lose without derailing your company? Because you are not going to win everything that you bid on as a company. And if you accidentally win something that's out of your weight class, that can be just as bad. We'll talk about that in a minute. This also applies to the government side of the equation. If you think about it from your government office, your little acquisition office, how large of a requirement can you effectively solicit award and then administer without derailing your team, your office, your agency? If you have a massive multi-award IDIQ contract that ends up with 40 active task orders, can you actually manage those in a way that delivers what you're supposed to to the mission? Because if you don't have enough staff to effectively manage the contracts that you've awarded, it's not a distraction, it's a disaster. Let's go back to the purpose of the contract. The purpose of the contract is to take a requirement somebody has and then find somebody who can deliver it. If the process to deliver it is outside of your weight class, it's a disaster for your customer because you can't connect the dots. You need to be able to administer the contract afterwards effectively. That's where the issue of weight class becomes most apparent on the government side. The things that I awarded and realized after award, ooh, this is going to be a lot more work for us. If, if I'm moving on to the next source selection, who's going to administer this complex contract that we just created? And that's a weight class conversation that needs to happen before the RFP goes out. But that's a podcast for a different day. The basic concept of weight class is don't think about what it'll get you. Think about what it will cost you. It's not just the what you could win. It's what is it going to cost you to get there? Can you handle not winning? So back to boxing, you could win a million-dollar prize or you could get the snot beat out of you. <laughs> Bingo. If you're outside your weight class, that's the risk. Let's pull this back to the real-world example again. What is your weight class? What is Skyway's weight class? We don't help our customers pursue opportunities over a billion dollars. We're not a government contractor, by the way. We only specialize in helping government contractors. We had an opportunity from a company that's $250 million a year business. It was a very large business. They wanted to get a seat on a really big government-wide acquisition contract, one of those big multiple awards, and it was going to be a large project. It was a huge opportunity, but the problem was – for us to take that on, it would have consumed pretty much all of our bandwidth for like three months at the expense of our other 100 customers. It was hard to walk away from the opportunity, but it was out of our weight class. 
And it's a hard decision to make to realize we could do this, but it will be all we do. Is that good for the short term or the long term? And that's where your weight class comes in. Is if, the, is if you're in the wrong weight class, it's a short term win. And that's a dangerous way to run an organization. Short term win or a short term loss. There you go. Some questions you can ask to help better understand your weight class. Can your company survive the market research and RFP zones? Do you have the cash flow? Do you have the budget available to successfully write and submit a proposal? Then can you endure the source selection zone? If it takes three months for the government to award a contract after proposals are submitted, there's no cash flow for you during that time. So you've spent a lot of money and the return doesn't come till farther down the road. Can you survive that dip? Yeah, and how much growth can you really handle? Let's say you win this. This goes back to the managing the contract afterwards. You win the contract and you have to triple the size of your company in the first 60 days of the transition. In theory, that's going to be part of the evaluation criteria. But I've seen it go the other way, where it's an 8A set aside or it's a small business award and your company went from 10 to 30 employees. Can you do that? And what will it cost you in the long term? Or, or 50 to 150 employees. A lot of companies say, well, we'll win. We'll figure that out later. And then they win. They can't staff the contract. They fail. The contract is terminated. And the company has a permanent blemish or is out of business as a result. And that's just talking about can you afford to win? The consequences of winning something out of your weight class. Can you afford to lose something out of your weight class? If you put all of your budget into one giant opportunity or like you're talking with Skyway, if you spent all of your time and all of your people with one customer, what happens if that doesn't work out? Once you find your ideal target market, then you have to filter ruthlessly to make sure you stick to those opportunities that give you the best chance to win. Okay, I already did a little time zone speak there. Let's make sure we're clear. We're talking about acquisition time zones, maybe in the requirement zone, Definitely market research zone and RFP zone is where this targeting is happening. And on the execution side, in the recompete zone, this is where the government has started up the market research and requirements again. Industry is targeting there as well. I think we've talked about why this is important. The market is massive. There are so many distractions, so many opportunities that companies can chase. It's really easy to get lost in all that noise, try to chase too much. Without targeting, we risk being spread out in all directions. It's, imagine a big puddle where it's an inch deep and it's a mile wide. With targeting, you end up creating a river of water that's flowing in one direction. It's in the same direction and it ends up being an inch wide and a mile deep because it's creating more opportunity. It's an inertia thing, right? Much more powerful flow. And saying no to an opportunity, any opportunity, it feels unnatural because, oh, this, we, we could do this. But that's, that's how you end up spreading in every direction. Saying no to things is the best way to keep that river flowing in the right direction. Like I said before, this seems to be a very industry-focused conversation. The government should care about targeting as well. The government can actually target companies that are better fit for their needs. The way to do that is to help industry understand what you want to buy and why by sharing more information in simple language. This is important because better targeting by industry helps create better acquisition outcomes for the government. And, and more companies who can realistically do the job are going to submit proposals. 
the more targeted the requirement is, the less homogenized. <laughs> if you give a general requirement that says, hey, do all these things, you're going to get anybody that could possibly do it. If you target as a government acquisition office, you'll get better proposals from the companies that are the real prize, the companies that will know exactly what you want and how to delight you. You'll also get more price competition between legitimate rivals. You won't get proposals from companies that are undercutting everyone because they don't actually understand the requirement. You'll get real price competition from companies that are giving you the absolute best price to do exactly what you need. And you get fewer proposals from companies who are out of their weight class or aren't a match and as a result can't win anyway. But you still have to evaluate their proposals and it slows everything down. Getting companies, getting offers to target is a win-win for the government and industry. We've talked a lot about why industry should care, why this is important to industry. It's really the flip side of everything we just said for the government. Better targeting by industry creates better acquisition outcomes for the government and better acquisition outcomes for industry, meaning you win. You have a higher probability of winning when you really understand the customer's needs and they match your capabilities and your weight class. And just like the government doesn't want to get a whole bunch of proposals they have to evaluate that can't win, industry doesn't want to submit proposals they can't win because it's a wasted effort, it's wasted time, it's a lot of opportunity cost, but they should be bidding on the things that they can win. So targeting is a key factor in making sure you're not chasing stuff that's not going to get you a benefit, i.e. a contract that you win. Opportunity cost is a big thing. If you bid on one thing, you can't bid on any other thing at the same time. Most companies don't have unlimited resources. They don't have unlimited money. They don't have unlimited people to bid on everything. Not only can you not do everything at once, but if you get all excited at the beginning of the year and you spend all your resources in the first month of the year bidding on something gigantic that's out of your weight class and you lose, what do you do the rest of the year? You don't have the resources to continue to bid on things to keep your company alive. Yeah, and going back to that, the water spreading out one inch deep and a mile wide, the more that water spreads out, the thinner it gets, and eventually it evaporates. That's the extreme consequence of spreading yourself too thin as you go out of business. Now that we've made it to the extreme example of going out of business, that's a good place to wrap it up. Like I said earlier, it's not what it will get you. You have to watch what it will cost you. And understanding the combination of what your retail market is, what your target market is, and what your weight class is so that you don't overreach and chase opportunities that are going to cost you more than they're worth for the long term. And I think it's important to remember that winning something out of your weight class can be just as devastating as losing something out of your weight class. It's strange to think like this, but you can be too successful in winning too much work and still go out of business because you're not ready to perform. Okay, Kevin, I'll talk to you later. See you, Paul. Okay, that's it for this updated episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. You can connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter and also connect with us in the Government Contracting Network Group on Facebook. Thanks for joining us. Some questions that you can ask to, to ask some questions you can ask yourself around weight class. Can can your company survive? Yeah. 
some questions you should some questions you can ask yourself to help understand your weight class is one more time 